0: Before we begin, a word from our sponsors. This episode of Stroke of Genius is sponsored by Fagre Drinker. Innovative ideas can come in a flash, but protecting your intellectual property takes strategic planning. Fagre Drinker has nearly 200 IP professionals dedicated to help you monetize and safeguard your intellectual property. Fagre Drinker delivers excellence without arrogance, and IP services tailored to your unique business needs visit fagerydrinker.com. Women have been inventing to solve the problems that they face for years. Like Shirley Jackson, who's responsible for inventing the technology behind caller ID and call waiting. How about Stephanie Kolek, who created the first of a family of synthetic fibers of exceptional strength and stiffness? The best-known member is Kevlar, a material used in protective vests as well as in boats, airplanes, ropes, cables, and much more. There's Melita Benz, who received a patent for her coffee filter system in 1908 and founded a business that still exists today. Maybe you haven't heard of Cheiko Asakawa, who's blind and created the homepage reader so that people who are visually impaired could use the internet. There's Lisa Lindell, who created something you might have heard of called a sports bra.
1: Well, a bra had never been sold in sporting goods stores. Every business is run by men, owned by men. We were one of the first women-owned businesses in sporting goods.
0: And even more recently, Sarah Blakely, who came up with a little invention called Spanx. I kept talking to all these men in the process of trying to make my product, and I remember thinking, where are the women? Why am I not speaking to any women here? And then it dawned on me that maybe that's why our pantyhose had been so uncomfortable for so long because the people making them aren't wearing them. Each of these women was responsible for coming up with the type of innovation that was needed most at the very moment they needed it to solve the problems they were facing. But despite the fact that women have been innovating for years and years, women are still underrepresented as inventors. And even though women have already been a leading force in entrepreneurship and innovation, only 12% of recognized innovators in the United States are women. Part of the problem is lack of support. Part of the problem is that historically women have not been highlighted as inventors. The most well-known inventors we hear about are men.
2: These are not three separate devices. This is one device. And
1: we are calling it iPhone. The Science the Science build, 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 build.
0: Women therefore have a lack of visible role models and don't see themselves as inventors. This creates a bit of an imposter syndrome. And then in the past, the lack of education around IP has been a problem for women. Intellectual property is an important part of starting a business, but most people are unaware of the process of protecting IP and feel intimidated by attorneys and agents who are meant to be resources. On top of all of that, women are more likely to be perfectionists, and this can result in women not submitting their ideas for patenting, thinking their idea is not good enough. People are increasingly talking about how to support underrepresented communities, and encourage them to enter the innovation ecosystem. In this episode, you'll meet a woman entrepreneur who's new to this innovation ecosystem and is working on problem-solving for the moment we find ourselves in right now. From the Intellectual Property Owners Education Foundation, this is Stroke of Genius. At this point, you may have already seen the headlines, of how women have been impacted by the pandemic in the past year.
1: ...shows the effects of coronavirus could in one year erase all the progress that women have made in the workforce in the past five years or more. One is women
2: are struggling at home. Women have more responsibility for domestic tasks. That has increased.
0: That's Dr. Tracy Brower. sociologist and career expert.
2: And then women are struggling at work as well. Hours have been reduced. Women have had a harder time feeling like they're under more pressure. They've had to pull back or opt out of their careers. They tend to be in jobs that are most at risk of being cut back. And so I think about kind of this home and health and work piece, and all of that kind of
0: spills over. The pandemic has pushed as many as 1 million women, especially moms, to cut down on their hours or completely remove themselves from the workforce. Part of this is due to the demands women have at home, as well as the overall job loss in the country. Based on the most recent global gender gap report, minimizing the wage gap between men and women has been set back a generation. And then, of course, there's the prevalent mental health crisis faced by many during the pandemic including women. The pandemic may have hit women in a distinctive way, but in the wake of all the nine-to-five jobs women have had to leave behind, maybe the pandemic has created the opportunity for a new entrepreneurial landscape led by women.
1: And so I decided to retire early from the university in December of 2019 to really jump into entrepreneurship full-time and also start thinking about growing another business, a startup that I had kind of been dabbling with at the time. And of course, December 2019, I left December 31st and jumped into 2020. And three months later, the pandemic hit. (laughs) This is Dr. Karen Wilson a pediatric
0: neuropsychologist,
1: which means that I do evaluations on kids who struggle with learning challenges, um, figure out what's going on. She's also a mom. I have a husband and we have two kids. We have a six-year-old, very energetic little boy named Wade and a nine-year-old equally energetic (laughs) and spunky girl who is, like I said, nine years old and her name is Tuesday. And we live in Los Angeles, California.
0: After years of working at a local university and doing part-time work through her private practice, Dr. Wilson decided to focus entirely on her own company.
1: And it's so funny because when I met with the Dean of my university and I told him that I was leaving, she said, "I'm surprised, I'm shocked people don't usually leave academia this early, and that's very brave of you."
0: Even braver when you consider COVID-19
1: was just we around can the make corner. Decisions to meet moments. And this is a moment we need to make tough decisions. The fact is, the experience that's manifesting all across the United States, and for that matter, around the rest of the world, require us to adjust our thinking and to adjust our activities. That requires of this moment that we direct a statewide order for people to stay at home. That directive...
0: Like the women innovators who came before her, Dr. Wilson noticed there was a major need that had not been addressed in her field. A need that was present even before the pandemic hit.
1: Because I was going to all these professional conferences as a person in academia, listening to all the research, participating in the research, but I realized that none of that research was getting to the parents and the teachers who could really utilize that information at home and in the classroom. You know, when I was sitting with a parent and they said, well, I I never knew that's what dyslexia was, or I didn't know what that that ADHD could manifest like that. And I thought this research has been out there for 10, 15, sometimes 20 years, and we're sharing it in our own disciplines, but it's not getting to the people who could really benefit from the information in a way that could really impact lives.
0: What many would have seen as just a problem, Dr. Wilson saw as an opportunity. She wanted to find a way to ensure that these resources could be accessible to the parents who needed them most it's hard enough starting a business at the best of times. Starting one during a pandemic yields
1: a whole new layer of obstacles. And then what happened was that my private practice shut down. So I didn't have the income from my private practice and I also could not fund the startup with the profits from my private practice. And my kids were home from school because of the the stay-at-home order. So they were distance learning. So, you know, we did what we can, what we could do at the time, which is what so many other parents... We're doing at the same time. Okay, another zoom. I hope that Jeffrey kid doesn't talk about his sister's foot again.
2: We're not muted. Did you just toot? Uh no.
0: Oh my god! I appreciate Whoa. everyone
2: jumping on today and doing oh the call. My.
1: What? And so oh my gosh, I just what was the client's face.
2: response? Were they pleased or
1: Oh uh, yes.
0: It's PE time. Go, go! Run! Put the iPad down!
1: There was a lot of stress. There were a lot of late nights trying to get reports out to parents after my kids went to bed.
0: Dr. Wilson was suddenly thrown into the fate of what so many other women are thrown into. This is no new dilemma for moms. This is something that many moms faced even before the pandemic.
1: And I think it's because as moms, we, we feel like we have to do it all and I've been there. We want to do everything, and I also want to have a career, and I want to be able to walk them to school every day, and I want to be able to sit there and do the homework with them and not have anyone else come in and do it with them. And I think it's unrealistic to be able to do everything. You know, I think it was Michelle Obama who said that you you can have everything, but you can't have it all at the same time. When I have my ch- children, and I was still uh, high-powered, blah, 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 whatever it was at the time, And I was driving myself crazy uh, and feeling like I was doing nothing right. And there was no joy. And for me, I had to come to that realization because trying to get it all just drives you crazy. You know, I have never found that I could be the mother that I wanted to be and do everything I wanted with my career.
0: That's right. Even Michelle Obama is finding a way to balance being a working mom. But back to Dr. Wilson.
1: I had just made the decision to leave my faculty position. But also, if I hadn't done that, who was going to be at home with the kids? (laughs) You know what I mean? Because my husband's job was not as flexible as mine. I was really watching my son, who was in kindergarten at the time on Zoom, and the teacher was saying, Okay, I need him to go to Epic Reading and then Seesaw and then go to Gigi for math. And I'm thinking, If he's struggling as a kindergartner and has not been identified as having learning challenges, I can't even imagine the child who was struggling before trying to navigate Zoom and embedded in Zoom classroom are well over 15 to 20 different platforms.
0: Each day that the pandemic wore on, Dr. Wilson started to hear from more and more parents who were concerned about their children's learning challenges.
1: And now all parents were at home with their kids. And some parents already knew that their kids were struggling, and now they were seeing them struggle even more. Some parents were seeing their kids struggle for the first time because it was the first time they were able to sit and watch their kids learn.
0: And this is where Dr. Wilson's initial problem-solving instinct grew into solving an even larger problem and helping even more families. In this most demanding moment, she leaned in and found a new opportunity. Tracy Brower says this is often when the best ideas come along.
2: When you're kind of going along as you always go along, you don't have to think too differently. But when everything's disrupted and there are incredible barriers in your way, all of a sudden you can really go in some new directions. And I always like to say from the greatest barriers come the greatest innovations. I surely wasn't the first to say it, but I think it's really, really apt right now.
0: And now that Dr. Wilson's life and everyone else's, had been disrupted.
1: I realized that this would be an op, a good time to actually grow the platform.
0: Dr. Wilson did just that. Her digital platform is now known as Child Nexus.
1: You know, one in five kids struggle with learning, processing, or social-emotional challenges, and they need, we need to connect them with people who can help them thrive and help them be successful.
0: In addition to connecting parents with professionals, Dr. Wilson takes the time herself to assess what a child really needs in order to flourish.
1: And we do that by asking questions about, what what are you concerned about? What I wanna do is, is identify, yes, the source of the struggle. Why are they having this difficulty?
0: This approach is a great example of the way that women approach business and the way that women are shaping the next entrepreneurial landscape. There
2: was a sociological book that talked about the ways that men and women network You know, men may be doing their networking based on a ladder, and women may be doing their networking more based on a web. And I think that allows us to kind of spread out and make those connections and be incredibly successful with new businesses. And so I think that community spirit, that connectedness that women frequently bring is is an important element.
0: Through networking and out of financial necessity, Dr. Wilson found an organization called iFund Women. iFund Women's mission is to close the funding gap for women-owned businesses through access to small business grants.
1: My team at iFund Women is here to rewrite the code so that women get the funding that we need and frankly, we deserve to get our businesses off the ground.
0: Through iFund Women, Dr. Wilson was able to secure funding for her platform and get the ball rolling.
1: And then it just kind of Um, snowballed from there because then it got me more visibility and more providers wanted to be on the platform. And over the past year, we grew from 10 initial kind of beta testers and providers to now over 60 on the platform. We went from 100 visitors to the site a month to over 2,500 people visiting the site each month. And so it really actually grew during the pandemic.
0: After years of experience, Dr. Wilson knew nothing like Child Nexus existed. And before even having an official launch for the company,
1: she made sure to stake her claim. And I knew that it could be helpful to people. And I wanted to find a way to protect that asset.
0: During this part of the process, what aided Dr. Wilson's success was a solid support system, especially when it came to navigating the intellectual property system, which is helpful when starting a business.
1: I think when I started talking to an attorney, I said, how do I you know, make sure that somebody doesn't copy this? I don't think I even had the right words for it. I think this is a good idea. I think this would be very helpful. And once I start telling people about it, what's to stop someone from copying it? And so I don't think I knew exactly what it is that I was doing, but I knew that I wanted to protect the idea in some way. So seeking out consultation, for me, it was with a startup attorney who had done this for other companies, who really was able to guide me through what was needed and necessary based on my startup idea.
0: Dr. Wilson says that what is just as important as finding an expert to help you through the process of setting up your own business is understanding what you bring to the table.
1: This is my first startup. And so I think the confidence issue comes in to play here, where this is not my area of expertise, but the content is.
0: What Dr. Wilson is saying to all the women out there is that even though embarking on a new innovation may put one in an environment they aren't accustomed to, a great idea is worth pursuing. Trust what your expertise is and find a
1: network to help you with the rest. Because I've been in the room with parents who have a child who's struggling. I've been in the room with educators who are trying to understand why this child is having difficulty learning. The fact that I'm not a serial startup entrepreneur kind of creeps in. I go back to what I know. And I know these kids, I know the parents, and I know the professionals who can help them.
2: Successful entrepreneurialism is really about empathy. I've got to really understand my users. I've got to really understand the market. I've got to really understand the problem that somebody is facing that they might not even know they're facing. And I can solve proactively. That empathy is a really critical part of successful entrepreneurialism. And so we know women are really, really good at empathizing. We know women tend to be really strong in that area.
0: So it's this empathy that our world will need to solve the problems we're currently facing. As we look forward, women uniquely understand the challenges. They've already spent the past year pivoting to solve a daily problem or create income for themselves or their families. Women leading the charge in entrepreneurialism may get the workforce going again and solve the many other downstream effects of the pandemic.
2: and then what about countries that are ruled by women? It seems, and maybe I'm just generalizing here, but it seems that those countries that do have women leaders have done better in
0: regards to dealing with the pandemic.
2: I would say you're absolutely right because when it comes to management, women have had to operate out of the system. For a long time, we see strong leadership as code for being male leadership. And as the pandemic has shown, what gets a country through is leadership with empathy, a person with great communication skills, and most importantly, rather, the ability to take advice from people who know better. And those are all key elements, I think, with all those women who've been leading the countries in the last 12 months. Clear communication. Quick, decisive action. Just some of the accolades these leaders have received for their
1: handling of the
2: coronavirus. And yes, they have one thing
1: in common. Introduce you to the women leading the effort to vaccinate the world, the three vaccines being used here in the U.S. have female researchers at the forefront. Women are leading the effort at Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, and Oxford AstraZeneca. And at NIH, so, kizmikia Corbett helped design the Moderna shot. Actually,
0: could... This very moment women are already laying the groundwork of innovation. Perhaps long from now, we'll be hearing about the innovations that women came up with while they were trying to solve all the problems they faced during these times. Many of these women who are currently creating, building, and inventing will one day take their place among the Shirley Jacksons and the Stephanie Quoleks, And it will be their names that we say, as we work to inspire the next generation of women entrepreneurs. This episode is sponsored by Fagery Drinker. Innovative ideas can come in a flash, but protecting your intellectual property takes strategic planning. Fagery Drinker has nearly 200 IP professionals dedicated to help you monetize and safeguard your intellectual property. Fagery Drinker delivers excellence without arrogance, and IP services tailored to your unique business needs. Visit fagerydrinker.com. IPO Education Foundation hosted a webinar early this year titled Her Story of Invention, featuring three prolific female inventors. In case you missed it, the recording can be found on ipoef.org forward slash behind the idea.